I'm Rehard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 157 for the weekend starting 28 October 2016. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, we chat about the new MacBook Pro and the new Surface Studio. Also this week, new subsea cables coming to Africa, three of them, believe it or not, and AT&T to buy Time Warner. Let's get the show on the road. Well, welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm Duncan. Good, thank you. Shall we uh, leap straight into our quiz? Yes, let's do it. Right, let me let me kick it off. AT and T is acquiring Time Warner for how much? Second question, Microsoft released its first all-in-one PC this week. What is it called? And oh my God, it's beautiful. We'll talk about it a bit <laughs> later in the show. Third question, a new subsea cable is being built between Angola and Brazil. What is it called? Uh, fourth question, Snapchat is planning an IPO that could be worth as much as... And we're looking for the dollar figure. And uh, the fifth question, Qualcomm is buying which chip company for $47 billion? Wow. Anyway, let's get into the show. Um, Rechat, what beer are we drinking today? So very, the, very tasty. This is a very tasty beer, um, uh, and one of the kind of one of my favourite breweries brewers uh, on the on the local craft scene, um, and it's a, a brewery called Brew Hogs. Um, and what what makes these guys interesting is they brew all their beers uh, in lager styles. So the one that we've got here is the Brewhouse number four. It's an India Pale Lager. So uh, if you know what an India Pale L is, um, it's just a it's a hoppy L, you know. Um, very hoppy. Very usually. hoppy. Yeah, yeah. And this is very hoppy, but it's um, um, it just it's quite different to normal IPA. It is, but it's very refreshing, especially on an incredibly hot day like today. I and mean, it is scorching today. It's got all the nice characteristics of a refreshing lager, but you know it's got the those, those deeper side. Uh, there's also um, a red lager, and you, they do a pulsner. And uh, interesting, they do um, content brewing for a number of other breweries uh, like Aces Brewers. They do some Hazel Dean. Uh, they do a beer for Hazel Dean Brewery. They do the Lockton Lager. Okay. So I mean, these guys these guys know what they're doing, and uh, they got the lager styles down. Made in. Kyle Army, and uh, you were saying just before the show that you can actually go and buy straight from the brewery. Yeah, yeah, just go and brew today, find where they are, just call them and then tell them you want to pick up a few cases, and it's mm. not a bad price. I mean, a, a case of uh, the India Pale Lagers, 24, which will cost you about 520 Rand. Not bad at all. I think it's about 22 Rand a bottle, so... Okay, oh, and that's 440 mils. 440 mils, so. yeah. Yeah, very pleasant, very drinkable and perfect for this hot weather. Exactly, and, and if you kind of want to try out craft beer and you're not kind of sure where to start, Brogs is uh, yeah. definitely my recommendation. It's, a, okay. it's a easy ease into a stronger craft beer styles. Yeah, lovely beer to ease into the weekend too. Oh. But before we get to the weekend, we've got lots of tech news we need to talk about, and uh, there have been two keynotes this week which have been really interesting. Uh, yeah, the first, very exciting. The first was on Wednesday and was Microsoft uh, announcing new hardware and uh, updates to Windows 10. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment, but first I'm going to chat about the keynote that happened yesterday on Thursday, uh, and that's the Apple keynote where they announced uh, new hardware, yes. new MacBook Pros specifically. And um, both Rachel and I have had a, had a chance to watch the keynote. Uh, and uh, what's, what is your take? What do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously, the big introduction is of this um, OLED strip. A little strip on the top. The, above yeah. the keyboard and below the monitor. It looks very cool. Is it practical? Look, to be honest with you, the stuff that they showed in terms of, you know, if, if you do video editing or photo editing, that kind of thing, yes, I see there's a massive opportunity for that because I don't think you can ever have enough real estate and by taking some of those kind of, uh, some of the elements from your screen mm. onto the strip, mm. Um, mm. I can I can see a benefit. I mean, obviously, I haven't t- uh, played with it, so I, I don't have that hands-on experience, but... Mm. Um, 
it makes a lot of sense. You know, if you can remove the top strip um, of your Mac OS screen, you, you win an inch or two. Yeah. Um, but also in terms of functionality, I, I think uh, I think it, there's a lot of merit in having that. Obviously, it's also got included the the touch um, fingerprint reader. Fingerprint reader, yeah, yeah. So. Obviously uh, integrated tightly into Apple Pay. I think that's quite cool, and we, we're going to see more of that. I think on on, on the PC side as well. Yeah, yeah. But I like the I like the design. It looked good. Mm. Um, it's it's more of a square shape now, but it's a lot thinner and smaller. Um, and uh, controversially, they've done away with full size USB ports. So there are only four. In fact, there are only five ports on this entire thing. There are four USB C ports, the smaller ones mm-hmm. that uh, we're seeing in phones now, and. Thank heavens. Three point five millimeter audio jack. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they kept that in. But I'm I'm quite surprised that you know obviously Thunderbolt's removed now. But why well, Thunderbolt is, in, is is the Thunderbolt not uh, integrated into the USB C port? Oh, sorry, you're right. They they do. Yeah, they do do. But why don't they do that for the iPhone Seven? That was one of the things I was wondering yes, about. Yes, yes. It makes so much sense if they are going to go the USB C. Because there's route. a huge there's a huge accessories business yeah, that they need to yeah. make money from, and they can't do that if they don't have a proprietary port. <laughs> Always about the money. But I, I love the fact that you know USB C is. I think it's a, we're going to see a lot more USB C peripherals yeah. out there. Yeah. It's, it's going to be picked up a lot more. We're going to have to use a lot of adapters in the interim, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. And one of the things that I personally would miss on the new MacBook is the omission of the SD card slot. I yes. use that thing every day. Yes, that is an oversight, um, I think. So yeah, I use mine as well. Quite but I guess it's another... You know, you know, we know that Apple doesn't really like old technology anymore. They always yeah. do away with these things. Yeah. So so you'll have to get another yeah. adapter to plug into your USB-C port to read your micro SD oh, yeah. card. Oh, yeah. And how's, the, how's about the size of the touchpad? I mean, that thing looks Oh, it's massive. Huge. It's doubled, basically, in size. Okay, I can that, that's actually the thing that excited me the most, is the size of that touchpad. Yeah. Um, really cool. Um, I mean, Apple was the first, uh, if I can call them a PC company, to, um, to really introduce large touchpads. Before they did this with the MacBooks, um, you, you remember the touchpads on, on, on Windows laptops were tiny little tiny. things. <laughs> I mean, they were literally the size of a matchbox, yeah. um, and um, a large touchpad is is a makes tons of sense. Makes all the difference. And the bigger yeah. it is, the more you can do with it. No, definitely. And you know, if if I would, I don't know how your touchpad is in, on your Dell here, but I've always found that Mac touchpads are seem to be more responsive, especially if I'm um, working in a graphic application where I need to resize, shrink, yeah. select. Um, yeah, that was certainly the case for a while. I think the PC world has caught up now. I think touchpads on PCs are pretty good. Pretty, yeah. um, but certainly that was an advantage that Mac had for, for quite some time. One thing about the ports on this new MacBook Pro, which I find quite interesting, is there's no power port. Did yeah, you notice that? No, I didn't. I'm just, yeah, you, you're right. <laughs> it, it charges, apparently you can charge it through any one of the four USB-C ports. Wow, that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> I don't know what happens if you plug your power into two. <laughs> you might avoid a warranty, but uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure they've got an engineer that tries that. They'll probably yes. just maybe it'll charge quicker. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But those machines are really thin. I mean, if you look at yeah. the look at the 3.5 millimeter audio jack, and, and think about the size of that, and then you think about the thickness of the machine, you realize how much they've slimmed this thing down. Okay, yeah, I mean, if, if I look at the current my MacBook Pro, which is a 2014 model, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good uh, what do we say? 10 millimeters. millimeters uh, yeah. Five millimeters thinner. Look, I'm not sure if I'm always happy with a thinner notebook. I think this one is pretty much as thin as you know. I'm very happy with the size of, of yeah. this MacBook. Lighter you know? is and of course always important. Lighter is better, yeah. Mm. I would, but again, I would much rather have better battery. Yeah, so it'll true. be interesting to see the the battery life on this. Thing. Yeah, apparently it's quite good. In keep uh, in the buttons. I mean, we also just had a quick discussion about this before the show. But they're going with the buttons that's. Uh, 
you know that butterfly mechanism that uh, was so on controversial the yeah on the thin macbook uh, last introduced when was it last year now yeah um very controversial I, I haven't really used that macbook keyboard to any extent so i can't really comment on whether it's uh but we were saying before the show that um keyboards for for, for us as writers is so critical Mm. Um, a comfortable keyboard that's got the right play on the keys um, is absolutely critical, and it's probably the first thing I, I the first thing I look at when making a buying decision on a laptop is what is the keyboard like, it? what does it feel like when you're typing on it. Um, if that's right, then then you start to look at the other specs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, in terms of performance, you know, two point six quad core i seven on the high end device, uh, two fifty six SSD, sixteen gigs of RAM. I guess you can only go. No, so fast uh, in terms of your your processing speed, but the the Radeon um, graphics processor that could be interesting too. Yes. I mean, um, we'll have to wait to do some benchmarks, but uh, if it lives up to the to the ITA brand, ATI brand at least, yeah. uh, this this could knock uh, current models out of the water. Yeah, very nice machines. So there's three models: 13 inch that doesn't have the what do they call it? The touch bar. With Touch yes, ID, yes. it doesn't have that. And then you've got the two more expensive models, a 13-inch and a 15-inch, that have the Touch Bar with Touch ID. Um, that 15-inch model looks like the the one to go for. Oh, yeah. 17, uh, oh, sorry, Core i7 processor, 16 gig of RAM, 256 SSD. Oh, it's a bit small on for a high-end machine. It is. Like I would have expected a 512 on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you can spec it to that if you want it. Yeah, yeah, um, right. track track band, but uh, a very nice bunch of, bunch of machines and. Um, you know the MacBook range was a MacBook Pro range was already a very nice lineup. So they've um, they've they've just taken what was already a great product and improved on it. Oh, yeah. um, but they're not going to be cheap. No, they're not. <laughs> Especially with the Rand where it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's the current high-end MacBook Pros are going for about forty, I think, forty-five thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So this would probably come in a few thousand rand more than that, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Anything else that struck you at the Apple keynote yesterday? Anything? That um, no, look, I mean, I was focused yeah. pretty much on the MacBook. Uh, mm. I, I would look forward to upgrading, but I wouldn't say that I would drop my current model to upgrade to this. Oh, no, um, not with the 2014 model. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe if you're still on a 2011, 2012 MacBook, it's definitely worth considering the upgrade. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I love the design, especially that front-end view that you've got on your screen there. Mm. It really looks nice. I, I like the... They've gone for a squarer look than the current uh, models. Um, but as you know, it's you know the you really need to see these things in the metal, as it as it were, um, yeah. to really um, appreciate what they're like and what they're about. And the color, I mean, the color is also it's a slightly darker gunmetal gray in this particular one. Mm. Um, there were two models, silver and, and gray. Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that part of the mm. the keynote. Uh, I'd go for the gray one. I think yeah. it's a better looking oh, machine. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think they have their uh, MacBook Pro in that color at the moment. No, no, it's yeah. all it's all the it's silver. All silver. Yeah. Interesting to note, I'm just comparing a photo, a top-down photo um, of my MacBook versus uh, the new one, mm. and you can see the speaker port also. I mean, there's there's a lot less space for the for the speakers um, mm. um, on the on the bottom part next to the keyboard. So it shrunk that size down quite well. So I wonder if the you keyboard can see the bezel also look, the monitor bezel looks smaller too. Oh yeah, not not almost edgeless as, as we've seen some models like mm. uh, the Dell XPS, but it's um, it has shrunk. They've shrunk everything. Edgeless on this would have been amazing. Yeah. I mean, if I compare it to what your Dell looks like here with that, yeah. I mean, it looks like the screen is touching all corners. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's going to be... Uh, I suppose they've got to leave something for the next <laughs> upgrade, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that was the big Apple keynote this week. And uh, funnily enough, the thing that got actually excited me more was the Microsoft keynote. Oh, yes. And, uh, I, I, you know, they were, are making hardware now that 
I would imagine Apple would produce. Um, in fact, they're out appling Apple, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. especially with this new um, Surface Studio all-in-one PC, which is absolutely stunning. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. Yeah, Microsoft, this is this is a Microsoft that is yearning or that's hungry yeah. to, to, to take, take back what is theirs. Yeah. yeah, and I think the fact that they aimed it, and then even the Windows 10 update was aimed at creatives. Uh, yes, to me is a very important. Thing. Not only because I I play in that industry, mm. but so many people use these devices. Um, or so many people in the creative industry that use these high-end machines, yeah. their requirement for what for, for the actual hardware is so particular, and, yeah. and nobody's really addressed it. I mean, Mac used to do it for a long time, Apple used to do it for a long time, yeah. um, and they got it right. But if you look at the way that machine moves, that yeah. desktop machine just slides down, and it can become That's almost beautiful. like a piece of paper in front of you. Yeah, yeah. so well executed. Mike, somebody at Apple must be going, why didn't we do that sooner? Yes. You know, I'm sure they've thought of it, but they should have done something like this. Yeah. Well, they've got this um, guy, Panos, uh, I forget his name, Panos Panayutu or something like that, who's heading up this uh, division. Uh, he was um, uh, played a lead role in the, in, in the keynote. Um, I think, um, based on comments I read online, a lot of, he rubs up a lot of people up the wrong way. Um, he, he seems quite arrogant, but... Um, He's certainly doing a good job there. And have you seen the, the video that Microsoft released for this uh, for the studio? Yes, demoing it. It's absolutely stunning. I'm just going to play it here again. It's it's just amazing. If you'll you'll find it on Tech Central if you go to our article on this. But um, it's, um, it's 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 quite amazing uh, what this thing does. But what I really like is the hinge on this thing that kind of disappears into the background when you when you've got it in mm, sort of mm. vertical mode. You don't see it because it kind of goes behind the monitor. And then you press it down and it becomes like a big tablet in front of you. Um, Really, no, I really could actually good. see myself taking this thing to places, you know. Yeah. It's it's I think it's thin enough that you can actually put it in a decent bag and take it with yeah. you, you know. Yeah. And it's good to see Mike I mean Microsoft's always been strong on hardware and if if I look back at some of the peripherals I've used over the years, some of my favorite bits were Microsoft branded. I mean, mm. back in the days when they were strong on the keyboard and mice, I mean mm. they did it very well. Yes. Um But they've never made computers before, which is Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's a page out of Apple's, but I think they have to take charge with this kind of thing yeah. if they really want to drive. It's kind of like the Google model in a way, which makes the Nexus and now the Pixel phones. Yes. It's really taking, um, it's really doing with Windows what they think is, and giving ideas to other PC makers yeah. saying, well, yeah. this is what we think you can be doing. Exactly. Uh, even if the majority of the market won't be buying this, which they won't because of the price points. Um, but I think, I mean, if, if you look at this this technology potentially, I mean, once it shrinks down in price and then maybe you get a smaller size screen with uh, not, not as high-end hardware, yeah. this is the kind of thing I can see in homes. You know, now the mm. desktop PC has new function, you know, have mm. it in a place where either the kids can learn on or draw on. I mean, we've just seen somebody sketching and, and painting. With the pen, yeah, with the, the electronic pen. But um, it's, it's, it really looks good. Um, and I, I really hope this does spur innovation in the PC market, which has become a bit moribund. Yeah. Um, I think Lenovo's done some interesting stuff with all-in-one all devices, but nothing, nothing at this level. Nothing like this. Um, I mean, if, if you were to put that in, if you were to put that on a shelf and showed me this without me seeing the keynote, I would have thought this was the new Mac. Yes. Um, and I think that's what. Not that I, I'm sure they went out to to kind of copy that, but it's such a good design. You know, if you look at the color, the the cleanness. There's no real. Mm buttons that you have to worry about everything's obviously on the side or, or, or the back and the keyboard yeah. and the mouse there I mean it's very familiar looking hardware it is it is I mean this is clearly going to take on the iMac head on oh yeah and the high oh, end yeah. iMac at that not the cheap ones um, it's got a 28 inch I think it's a 5k display um, and it's um, they say it's the thinnest LCD screen ever made um, which is quite something because yeah. that uh, new iMac is pretty thin as well and that's although that's got mm. the hardware in it as well the hardware here is in the 
case at the bottom. Um, but uh, it's uh, pretty amazing. It's um, it's going to take on that high-end uh, 5K 27-inch iMac. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I use a 40-inch monitor on my desk now, 4K. Um, so, you know, <laughs> going to this would um, probably feel like a bit of a step backward for me. But the majority of the market is not on 28-inch mm, monitors. They're mm. on 20 or 24-inch. Um, so it's probably pitched right. Um, but uh, it's not cheap. The base version costs three thousand dollars so 42 grand before import duties and taxes so we're probably looking at about 50k yeah um and that's for the base model it goes up from there to 70 80 80 000 rand i think i worked out for the for the top end model again for creative studios i mean they are going to they yeah. are going to jump at this and because it's going to make you so much more productive one one company that i think is really going to suffer as a result of this is wacom yeah because they've produced uh, with their cintiqs um and their, their mobile studio pro which is basically a large touchscreen computer yeah oh, they can't compete with this i mean yes these devices are great but you mm. know compare that to to what microsoft's producing and, and the functionality that you get from a fully fetched high-end machine i mean these you know, you you won't be able to play games on these. Where on on that mm. that you will uh, on the Microsoft uh, yeah. Surface, you'll definitely be able to do. Although it. there was some criticism for the um, for the graphics card they've used. Um, everything else is high in spec, but the graphics card is I think is an M980 uh, Nvidia GTX. Oh, I didn't see that. That's mm. interesting. Well, which again, is, which probably, is fine. For, which is fine for, for for doing CAD work or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. It's not a gaming machine. It's not a not a high end gaming machine. Yeah. Um. It'll power that 5K display without a, without a, yeah. without any hassle, and you can do great Photoshop and video editing work on that. Yes, definitely. But definitely. Um, you're probably not going to play Grand Theft Auto on it. I also like the Surface Dial. I mean, that was very interest, a very interesting looking little device. Yes. It's a little round puck-like device that sits on your desk, but you can also so you can turn it from it. I think it's got a touch screen, and it, I think it can turn. Mm. But if you once you put it onto your screen, it immediately interfaces with whatever you've got on the screen, and you can change things like colors yeah. um, in real time. It's as great for artists who drawing yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, it looks very cool. Um, I wonder if that uh, Surface Dial is going to come to uh, uh, to to become a standalone device on its own that you can purchase from Microsoft. Mm, that's, yeah, that'll be interesting. Like I don't know if mouse. it works on anything else other than the screen of that. Uh, of that particular computer. But if you can use it on a desktop, it means you should be able to, you know, mm. you might not have the ability to put it onto your screen, but yeah. uh, if you can have it on your desktop. Uh, yeah. But if you've got a touch screen, I mean, I don't know if it's got some special technology in it that uh, you need that particular computer, or whether it would work with any touch screen display. Mm. Um, be interesting to find out. Yeah, it would be. But it looks very cool, Surface Dial. Um, but absolutely stunning piece of hardware. Seriously, if you haven't seen it yet, Google it or just go to Tech Central. We've got the piece up there with the video and, uh, and all the details about the computer. Um, but amazing to see Microsoft doing stuff like this. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, they've never been in the PC game before. They've always worked through partners. Yeah. And just a couple of years ago, they started with the Surface tablets and that, that morphed into the Surface book. And now we've got a full-on desktop computer in the form of, uh, of this new um, studio. Just shows how technology evolves into to mm. the consumer's hands. And I think it's the right thing to do because it really does show their partners what's possible mm. and what... Just like Google does with the Nexus um, hmm. and now the Pixel, you know, this is what we feel you can do with our Android experience. Yeah. Um, similarly, Microsoft is saying, well, Windows 10 is a great platform and this is what you can do with it if you put the right hardware behind it. And they did a lot of nice things with that Windows 10 update, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. What, what, were, your, what were your highlights there? One of the things that caught my attention was the fact that they made 3D so much simpler to use now. Yeah. I mean, essentially making the paint program paint 3D. So now anybody that can operate the basic Microsoft application yeah. can design three-dimensional um, objects and, and scenes and I mean the sky's a the limit there yes but then they also demoed 
um, the the presenter demoed uh, an app on the phone that she basically scanned a 3D model using a standard Windows-based phone. Mm. Obviously, they said it's going to come to iOS and Android. Yeah. To scan a 3D object that you can import into that 3D app. Yeah. And then actually use it as an item. That was phenomenal. And then you can 3D print it. Yeah, that was phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, that was very cool. That was very cool. Um, that was that was great. The, the other thing that really grabbed me in this uh, in this um, Microsoft keynote was the fact that they are licensing the Hololens. Hmm. Uh, APIs and technologies to uh, third-party manufacturers, PC vendors, and they put a list up on the screen. It was your, your usual PC guys who are going to be developing their own augmented reality goggles. Um, and I think that's going to be fantastic because it's going to drive down prices and be a lot of competition and innovation in that space. So we're not just going to be reliant on HoloLens from Microsoft, which is a very expensive product. Yeah. Um, we're going to have um, we're going to have uh, devices from a whole range of manufacturers, and that's going to drive down price, price points quite radically. And I think they did mention some prices. They were starting at something like three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. which which is um, you know affordable. Which is very affordable. Yeah. And I think this is ex- you know we've always seen the gaming industry driving a lot of these technologies, and mm. I think this is going to be another one where you have game peripheral manufacturers who's going to be mm. jumping on top of this. Getting those headsets out um, that they can brand, obviously yeah. incorporate, uh, you know, with their technology, so that this augmented reality technology can really um, become, you know, I yeah. think it's going to become the technology to, to to use, you know, as opposed to using virtual reality. I'm much more excited about yeah. AR than I am about VR. To be honest, exactly. VR obstructs your view of the world. It's it's you, you cut yourself off yeah. with augmented reality. You you still can interface with the world around you. It's just you get additional layers on top of that world. I think that's a much more exciting um, opportunity. Yeah. And you're right, gamers will gaming will drive it. And we've seen um, My- Minecraft, Microsoft right. demoing My- Minecraft in in an AR environment where these boxes go over ta- coffee tables and sofas and stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I love that. Quite quite cool too. Te- I mean, that demo. When, when did they do that demo? Probably two or three years ago, I think. Uh, no, I think it was last year. Was it last year? No, I'm sure it was. Anyway, yeah. I mean, maybe, that, maybe two years. Ago. That to me, I think was was that a whole moment that. Mm. Well, that light bulb moment for me that's yeah. oh, this, this I mean cool. yes this is a yeah. game but now I can see a real application yeah. or yeah. what is what is AR versus VR yes. and what the benefits are the other thing for me is video conferencing um, oh yes and I've already built HoloLens into Skype if you, if you, I don't know if you noticed no. if you go to Skype you can make a HoloLens <laughs> phone call <laughs> interesting um, so um, you know being able to have a meeting um, with, with if all the participants have HoloLens devices on their heads and you can see them around you. It it, 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 it it takes video conferencing to a whole new level. Imagine what we're going to see in VC investor pitches. I mean, if you can get the, the VC to put on a headset and you can demo yeah. or pitch your, your startup or your pro- product. Yeah. And you can see a full, um, you know, while you're presenting, you can you can essentially float this, this product or this widget that you want to showcase. Yes. I mean, it is phenomenal. We're living in the future, Duncan. <laughs> We're living there. in the future. <laughs> We're getting there. Um, I mean, the, the, the sky is almost the limit in terms of what you can do with this stuff. I mean, um, I mean imagine if you wore a... Oh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Imagine if you wore a HoloLens type device when you drive. Mm. Um, the roads agencies could, could put stuff up in, in your field of view to... Well, I would imagine the windscreen would get built in so you wouldn't have to wear something. It'll just be overlaid on your windscreen because uh, it's the yeah, same technology, right? Yeah, I guess so. You just don't have to look through uh, a, gla- a lens on your face. You yeah. just look through the lens on your, your yeah. car. Yeah. And, it, yeah, something to highlight dangers in the road. I mean, that mm. could be phenomenal. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure Tesla will uh, look into that. Yes, yes. <coughs> anyway, um... So that was the Microsoft um, keynote. Uh, I think 
um, I can't wait to play with that uh, that Surface Studio. It's yeah. amazing. I hope Microsoft brings it to South Africa. But um, given their past performance, I probably won't. Uh, I don't think any of the Surface um, tablets or, or the devices are in the country. I think I think this is this is too big. They can't limit it. Uh, maybe from a cost perspective, the local yeah. the local guys may mm. may opt not to bring in many, but. Mm. Yeah. The, the, definitely, the top creative houses are going yeah. to buy these overseas without a doubt. But you can buy you can buy all the Surface stuff at the moment through the Orange Store. So no doubt the Surface Studio mm-hmm. will be available through the Orange Online Store as well. Um, and they're not officially probably supported in South Africa. Anyway, we need to take a break. We'll be back right after this message. Hello world. Hello information. Hello uploads and downloads. Hello streaming videos and low latency. Hello blogs and vlogs. Hello crystal clear video calls. Hello increased productivity. Hello online learning. Hello cloud. Hello long lost friends and missed connections. Hello limitless possibilities and instant gratification. Say hello to premium high speed fiber from Vox Telecom. Pleasure guaranteed. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? Chicken. There are so many companies offering fiber at the moment, but with Vox Telecom's premium high-speed fiber, you'll be joining the Smile High Club. Duck or salmon, sir? We call it business class fiber. We guarantee our uptime and can tailor our services to suit your needs and budget. Say hello to Business Class Fiber from Vox Telecom. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Well, welcome back to the show, Rehot, on this hot summer's afternoon. In the middle of a heat wave, apparently, so... Yeah, this weekend, apparently, is going to be a hot few days. Melt. We're going to melt this weekend, 35 or 36 degrees in Joburg sure. this week. So if you're in Pretoria, you're probably going to be close to 40. Um, going to be quite unpleasant. But we're not the weather show, the weather <laughs> channel, we're, <laughs> we're the tech channel, so let's get on with the tech news. And uh, interestingly, uh, more subsea cables coming to Africa. I thought uh, I thought that we were over with this investment for for now at least. Mm. With uh, I mean, let's just count them. What cables do we have now? We've got the original SAT three uh, system, which runs up the west coast, and that's linked to the Safe system, which runs to Malaysia, I think it is. Um, then you've got Seacom on the east coast, and then Easy as well. And on the west coast, we've got um, Wax. And we've also got the um, ACE cable coming down the coast soon. Um, I think uh, late, late uh, next year sometime. So lots of capacity coming in. Uh, and uh, now we're getting more cables. Um, there is the Africa One cable, which I think Telcom is invested in and a number of other companies, PCCW, mm-hmm. um, which is going to run from South Africa um, to Southeast Asia, if I remember correctly. Then there's the Liquid C cable, which is going to run along the east coast of Africa from South Africa, I think up to the Middle East. Um, so that's all on that same route that Seacom and Easy are on. So incredible competition coming along that route if these cables get built. Yeah. And then there's a new cable that's going to run from Angola to, um, I think it's to Fortaleza in Brazil. And that's going to connect yeah. to the Monet cable, which is going to run from Brazil to the U.S., so that's going to be the most direct route to the U.S. It's going to cut latency to the U.S. in half, apparently. Oh. Uh, and uh, this is a massive cable. I think, what was the figure I read? I think it's 40 terabits of capacity across oh. to to Brazil. And then the Monet cable from Brazil to, to uh, Miami in Florida uh, is uh, 60 terabits a second uh, design capacity. Um, so lo- lots of capacity coming. And then the, uh, the, the one across the ocean from Angola, which is being built by Angola Cables, is called SACS, S-A-C-S, or South Atlantic Cable System. And that's going to interconnect with WAX, 
which is the cable that runs from Cape Town to uh, London. Uh, so we're going to have full connectivity, uh, to a much shorter route to the U.S. and a competitive route to the U.S. Fantastic. And uh, we ran a piece from Russell Southwood actually this afternoon uh, where he predicts this is going to have a big impact on on wholesale uh, bandwidth prices, which nice. seems inevitable. So yeah. internet yeah. prices should come down even more, uh, which will be great. So our fiber lines are going to get cheaper and cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is absolutely amazing. I mean, a few years ago, mere few years ago, you know, we when yeah. once undersea cable went down, South Africa suffered as a result of it. Yeah. Not only do we have redundancy now in every which way you want to kind of connect, but yes. the pricing coming down. And, and if yeah. you look at the amount of fiber installations we're seeing in this country, I mean. Yeah. I was thinking about this a few months ago. You know, obviously, if everybody gets fiber and yeah. everybody gets hundred meg uh, connection, you yeah. know, you could run out of capacity, you know, or just proper throughput at, mm. at any given time. Mm. But no, there's um, huge demand, and I think we mustn't underestimate the impact that the fiber deployments are going to have. I mean, we're going to, in a matter of years, we're going to have over a million active FTTH uh, installations in this country, um, and when that happens, it has a meaningful impact on the economy. I mean, kids. People who, you know, at home, sit, they're sitting at home and they've got a hundred meg connection to the internet. They're going to start tinkering and they're going to start creating businesses and they're going to start doing stuff online and they're going to create companies and they're going to grow the economy. And um, download a lot of really cool open source content. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you're right. And, and it, it's, it's just great to see that the investment continues in this kind of thing. Because yeah. latency too, I mean, if you're looking at latency to the US, which is, you know... A lot of the kind of the big service cloud services that we use, yeah, yeah. you know, is situated there. Yeah, um, it's where the internet is. Sure, yeah, it is where the internet is, and uh, mm. so yeah, I mean, it's going to have a big impact for gamers, obviously, but oh, yeah. uh, but also for um, you know people in the financial markets. You know, um, mm. real, more real time trading is possible. Um, so the big the big guys like you know the big guys that offer bandwidth and that offer these financial services you know they're going to suffer because now all of a sudden this thing becomes a consumer level product rather than an yeah. enterprise grade product um, yeah it's going to be interesting how the market adapts to that mm, mm. but uh, incredible levels of investment and uh, let's hope all these cables go ahead even if they're not all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll keep a close eye on that of course uh, and then the last story, and uh, we don't often do big, I suppose we do big international stories, Microsoft and Apple, but in fact, quite an international flavor this week. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the big story acquisition in the US, which which uh, obviously grabbed everyone's attention, was the $85.4 billion acquisition of uh, Time Warner by AT&T, still subject to regulatory approvals, of course. Uh, but uh, this is a mega deal. Mm. Um, this is the biggest telco in America buying the biggest media company in America. Uh, and you know what is what does this say about the future? Um, this is a big. T- this is big telco buying big media. Is is this going to is this going to um, result in a whole lot of spin-off deals? Are we going to see massive consolidation with telcos buying media companies around the world? I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about the South African market. Are we going to see Vodacom? and Telcom and MTN rushing out to buy media assets. I can't quite see it. Mm. I mean, first of all, they wouldn't be able to afford to buy the biggest media asset here because the biggest media asset here is much worth much more than they are. <laughs> uh, obviously, Nuspers is worth about 1.1 trillion rand. Maybe we'll see a reversal where Nuspers actually buys our yeah, yeah. Um I mean, there's always been that possibility, but Nuspers has, has, has always shied away from getting into the telco business. I mean, they've got an ISP... Um, and they kind of gotten out of that ISP market, certainly the infrastructure side of it, uh, by with their deal with Dimension Data, where Internet Solutions is now r- running the infrastructure for MWeb. 
Um, so they've kind of gone the opposite way. So I, I really don't think Nussbrot is going to try and buy a telco. Uh, but does a telco go and buy something like a Times Media or an independent group? I mean, those are old school newspaper businesses. Mm. Um, you know, Times Media is trying to reinvent itself for the internet age, but fundamentally it's still an old school print business. Uh, Time Warner at least has um, a lot of digital assets and um, uh, pay TV assets and things like CNN. Um, there's a lot of print in there as well, of course, they own Time Magazine and a whole lot of other no. print assets. But um, I just can't see it, uh, any other telcos here buying a um, buying an, a print company, especially not a, an old mm. school or a media company, especially not one of the old school ones that uh, seem to predominate in the landscape here in South Africa. Um, Nasper has some new age digital assets. Um, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the operators go for smaller digital companies. Um, Look, I don't also think our market is really that progressive. I mean, we do pick up from from the best of the U.S. and then kind of, you know, if you look at mm. the streaming services as a as an example of of the the, the broader business or the broader yeah. um, the category of the business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see. I agree with that. I don't see it happening. But uh, it's it's very interesting and maybe a little bit scary to watch this kind of consolidation of businesses because, yeah. you know, if one of them decides to. You know, to to restrict some of that content, or I mean, we've seen this kind of stuff before. Well, this is, of course, where net neutrality is going to become a big issue because AT and T, which is not exactly the known for for uh, (laughs) (laughs) not exactly known for being um, neutral uh, to the net, (laughs) net neutral. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, AT and T is the. Let's remember, um, they came out of SBC. SBC bought them, and SBC was the company that came in here and took telecom and basically turned it into a ruthless monopoly in the nineteen nineties. Um, they're, they're, they're not. They're not known for, or they, let's say they are known for being a ruthless player that will crush competition wherever it sees it. Um, and you know, if there's an opportunity to use their bulk and their network to cut off Netflix or Amazon Prime or one of these guys, you know, I've got no doubt AT and T would do it, just based on their past behaviour. So um, the regulators in the U.S. are going to have to be quite firm, um, and I think they're going to need have to. And the American market is going to have to have some pretty strong net neutrality regulations to prevent AT and T from doing that. Yeah, yeah let's hope uh, so. Good prevails, and that we. Of course, like get access to our content. Of course, if Donald Trump becomes president, he's going to veto the deal. Uh, <laughs> that's what he's already said on the campaign. Uh, on his campaign tour, and we'll have bigger issues to deal with. We'll have bigger issues, you know, like uh, probably World War Three. Yes, and, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, let's. We got all this good bandwidth. Let us not ruin it now, guys. Please. <laughs> we just got connected to the net. Yeah, yeah. We're putting in a huge cable to the United <laughs> States, guys. We don't. Uh, we don't need you to go uh, mess it all up by electing the wrong guy. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. When is the U.S. elections? Eighth of November. Or yeah. Oh, uh, so soon. Soon. So it's Two ten weeks. days away. 10 days away so we'll know in less than two weeks we'll know in less than two weeks if it's Donald J. Trump in the White House Look, I don't think I don't think you will make it I'm going to I'm going to err on the highly side unlikely, of, highly yeah, unlikely highly unlikely but I mean so. Americans Americans have their moments but I, I I think this could be even one step too far for them if, yeah. they, if they do go that route. My, my prediction I've actually been watching this election with quite a lot of interest and in this is a, mm, a, mm. a bit of a um, it's a bit off topic here, but I have a feeling that this guy may lose by the biggest margin in a generation, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I read somewhere that uh, I think it was a candidate in the 1970s, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was a Democrat who lost to a Republican. 
and I think the Democrat, uh, I, was, I stand to be correct here, I, th I, th I think the Democrat, whoever it was, a Democrat or Republican, I think they got 37% of the vote, and that was the lowest in the last 100 years. Um, so if Trump gets less than 37%, then you know he's probably lost. Um, and I think it's possible. Um, but it's still amazing that 37% of America would vote for Donald Trump. It's amazing they got this far, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, sure. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, it's not politics uh, <laughs> central. Politics central. So uh, let's uh, let's move on to our regular features of the week. And uh, our loser this week. Uh, I've actually lost count of how many times we made this guy the loser. We should give them the uh, a, a loser of the year award. <laughs> we should, yes. <laughs> like the Sunday Times. <laughs> In fact, this guy's. I, th I think it's either going to be this guy or Jacob Zuma. The Sunday Times makes its Mamparo of the year this year. Mm. But uh, it's SABC. Former chief operating officer, now general executive of corporate affairs, but still chief bottle washer at the SABC, Klaudi Motsaneng, who uh, this week uh, went on the attack against um, Jackson Mtembo, the NC's chief whip, basically threatening him and saying that if you, uh, if you continue to uh, wage war on the SABC and wage war on me, trying to get rid of the board, etc., then I will open up the closet and reveal all, the, all your uh, dirty laundry. Uh, which is a, really is a threat. Um, and Jackson Tembu, I heard on the radio yesterday, uh, through a spokesman, hitting back hard, threatening to sue Motsaneng, um, saying this is, uh, you know, and he's right, is, uh, it impugns his character, um, suggesting that, that uh, Motsaneng has something on him. Um, and I think Jackson Tembu has actually been <laughs> been uh, doing a good job lately. He's mm. uh, been taking on the president. He's been he's been really uh, speaking out on state capture, and uh, and uh, he's he surprised me. He never really stood out for me in the past, but in in recent weeks, I think he's been uh, he's been the voice of sanity in the ruling party. Um, but um, certainly, looking at these two characters, Slaudi Mutsaneng versus uh, Jackson Tembu, is no doubt who who side I'd pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so I lose this week. Our winner this week uh, is Telcom, uh, simply because they put out a uh, earning, very positive earnings up update, which sent the share price up by more than 7% uh, on Thursday. Um, and uh, they are attributing this to the uh, turnaround that they put in place several years ago, in, uh, that they've been working on for several years under Sipo Maseko. And it does look like Telcom is starting to turn the corner. Obviously, still lots of, lots of issues there, and they're facing a very competitive market now. Vumatel busy stealing their last mile lunch, and um, you know pressure on margins and uh, and stuff like that. But they've um, they've cut they cut the organisation back, scaled it back. They probably still have more work to do, but uh, there are signs that all that um, hard work that they've done in recent years is starting to to bear fruit. So Telcom is our winner this week. What's your pick? It's all about education for me. Over the last, I've I've been doing a lot of uh, video work and teaching myself how to kind of you know do something new and interesting. You know, it, it, you can only watch so many YouTube videos before you realize that the people showing you these YouTube videos only know one thing themselves. Mm. So one of the things I've been uh, spending some money on as well is a, a online service called Udemy. U D E M Y dot com. Essentially. You, as in you, the person, can create a course for anybody to, to upload and share. Similar to what uh, Khan Academy does, but Khan yeah. Academy focuses more on the educational side. Where Udemy really focuses on kind of any skill or any software, hardware, how to how to knit or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of courses that they've got. Now these are paid for courses, but um, if you if you keep an eye on them, there's often really good deals, and they do like ninety percent discounts or eighty percent discounts. Mm. But I've been buying a few um, Adobe Creative uh, Adobe Creative Cloud courses because I, you know I'm trying to learn After Effects and really create effects onto some of the videos that I make. Mm. 
and I found some really, really good courses on uh, Udemy. Um, you know, you can pay upwards of twenty twenty dollars um, per course. Um, yeah. But the quality is really good, you know, and and the 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 lecturers you can, you can engage with them, and there's Q and As, and I really find that this is this is one way for me to to teach myself uh, or to to self learn um, new skills, and, mm. and I'm being very impressed with the way that they've the way that the platform firstly works, and you can get it on mobile too. So I can sit if I was uh, flying somewhere, I can download some courses and actually watch it mm. uh, on the plane. Um, I've been really impressed with with their offering. So Udemy.com is well worth checking out. I mean, they've got everything from from music to academics, um, teacher training, even health and fitness, photography, lifestyle marketing, office productivity. I mean, they've got a lot of stuff there. <clears throat> yes, it is paid for, but uh, I think the the value there is is well worth spending the money on it. Mm, mm. Um, and uh, if you are in the, the the if you are going to teach yourself or, or kind of want to just learn more, I mean, and some of the other big courses stuff like you know google seo and mm. that kind of thing and um, they've got really cool um courses on there you can obviously see which ones are better rated um which ones kind of people prefer yeah um and uh, that's just usually the ones that i go for but uh, in my in, in kind of in the creative side in the creative mm. industries there's a lot of courses there if you're if you've got a business and you want to teach your staff i would just buy a few of these licenses and and, and get it to these guys and, yeah, yeah. and they can go through it at their own time and uh, like i said there's it's not just video there's there's kind of support after that so yeah. if you have questions or if you want to get in contact or you can even you can even chat to to other guys that are also on that same course as you and you can do it obviously at your own pace yeah so that's udemy.com uh, that's that's pretty I love cool. it. I'm, love I'm, it i'm obviously a huge fan of khan academy which i think many of our listeners will know yeah and uh khan academy is very cool it's completely free now i think since about a year ago mm. um, and there's some amazing stuff in there um uh particularly there's stuff on history um you know, if you've got a quiet Sunday afternoon, it's almost worth throwing it up on the TV and just watching some of it. Cause That's it's actually a good idea. History, yeah. uh, there's a, there's a, if you use Windows, uh, there's an app available for, for Windows 10. So shall we do Renaissance and Reformation? <laughs> we can go, we can do it now. If you guys have time, it's another three hours, but we can sit through we'll it. We'll extend the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't do that. But yeah, Khan Academy, I, look, yeah, yeah, I, can't, I can't dispute that too. I mean, they, they kind of, Udemy and Khan Academy sits on two kind of two, diff, two yeah. different ends of, of the spectrum, but... Yeah. I love I love the fact that we can learn online anything we want. I mean, yeah. how how often do you need to do something? Just go to YouTube. How do I yeah. Yeah. build a bra? You know, yeah. you can do these things, and yeah. I love that. Um, how do I take a SIM card out of this particular model of phone? <laughs> I do that so often, <laughs> particularly the Sony phones. It's like they've got these weird little SIM trays and stuff. It's like YouTube, help me. <laughs> Let me not lose the SIM card inside the phone. Oh, I love YouTube. I love YouTube for that reason yeah, too. Indeed. And it's usually some either some guy from like northern England or Eastern <laughs> Europe with a terrible accent. Yeah, going, yeah. Sort of, he's made this video, and he's obviously so proud of this video. But then you look at it; it's got like two million views, and it's got the content you want, yeah. right? Yeah, and, it's, yeah. and it's often yeah. better than reading reading a five step tutorial because yeah. there's so many of those. You don't know which ones are good, mm. but with with these, you can actually see the views, you can see the responses. Yeah. yeah. So my pick this week. Last week, Rechad, you picked Google Cardboard Version Two, yes. and um, I'm picking something this week that you can use with. Google Cardboard, and it's called Google Spotlight Stories. That's quite cool. You don't have to use cardboard with it. You can just use it as a 360 view on your phone. But uh, if you plug it into uh, cardboard and click the cardboard icon in the in the in the videos, um, you can get access to some pretty cool content. There's not a lot of content here. I think there's five or six things you can download at the moment, and they're quite big downloads. So do it over Wi-Fi. But uh, it's pretty cool. They've got an episode of The Simpsons on here. Nice. Um, it's an, like, kind of an interactive uh, Simpsons where in, in VR. 
where you can um, look around in 360 degree. I'm just playing it here. I guess what I'm going to be doing tonight on my <laughs> Google Cardboard version 2. Um, uh, I don't think you can look around in the intro component of this video, but it's um, it's quite cool. No, yeah, it's... Uh... Oh, so this is obviously the intro. Yeah, this is the intro, and then it gets to... Bart it, asking if it's VR is yet. Is it VR yet, yeah. Planet of the Couch. Yeah, there we go, there we there go. go. So now it's... You don't have to have cardboard in, and you can look around in, oh, in that 3D. That is phenomenal. Um, it's a complete 360 video as you move your phone around. I'm going to hurt my neck watching this up and down as well. Um, but uh, the, the coolest experience is when you plug it into 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 Google Cardboard, uh, and uh, and then you um, you watch it in that in that way, and then you can use the little shutter on the Google Cardboard to interact with the environment. Oh, that's brilliant! Um, that's quite cool. It's called Google Spotlight Stories. There's a bunch of content here. I actually haven't looked at all of it yet. I, mean, I got stuck in the Simpsons thing and then ran out of time. But they've got a bunch of other um, items of content here. There's uh, there's something called Rain or Shine uh, that's coming soon. Something called Pearl. Something called On Ice. Um, it is very similar to what we mentioned last week uh, that yeah. app called Within which also has a bunch of kind of yes. created content for that but uh, you know that yeah. that seems to be a kind of different angle this is very documentary style where that seems to be story driven mm. or kind of mm. you know like something you can enjoy more entertainment wise mm. mm. so that's called Google Spotlight Stories um, if you've got a Google Cardboard definitely go and have a have a look at it and you can put Google Cardboard at home can't you you can download. No, you need you need the lenses. Oh, you need those special uh, lenses. That's right. Um, if you look at last week's show notes, there's a company in South Africa that you can actually buy Google Cardboard for about one fifteen version two. Okay. So it's well worth looking at. I'm sure you can yeah. get it a few other places, but um, yeah, no, well that's, worth well worth investing a little bit of money to get it, just to expose yourself to this amazing VR world. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, cheap. 150 bucks is yeah, no brainer. Just do it, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's our show this week. Uh, before we sign off, uh, let's get back to our uh, quiz. Richard, do you want to... Sure. The first question we had, AT&T is requiring Time Warner for how much? The answer, $85.4 billion, which is about 1.2 trillion rand. <laughs> That's a lot of cash. That's a lot of money. A lot of cash. That's a big bonus. <laughs> a lot of money to pay for Time Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> um, our second question, uh, of course, we answered a lot of these questions in the show this week, but uh, Microsoft released its first all-in-one PC this week. What is it called? And, of course, it's the Microsoft Surface Studio, and I want one. Yeah. Make it two. When you place your order, just uh, sign me up as well, please. Sure. Uh, third question. And <laughs> what use is your credit card? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to use yours. I'll, I'll, I'll pay you off in terms. <laughs> <laughs> third question. A new subsea cable is being built between Angola and Brazil. What is it called? The answer, SACS. Uh, and that is South Atlantic Cable System. And then Snapchat is planning an IPO uh, that could be worth as much as. And the answer, believe it or not, for Snapchat, $40 billion. You know, I've been I've been thinking about Snapchat often over the <laughs> last few weeks, months, and it's crazy how there's this 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 kind of ecosystem out there that we're not really we're not really uh, kind of it's not really aimed at us, but there's mm. people that really embrace this technology. I mean, it's crazy. Snapchat, wow, we're too old. Yeah, we're too old. But I mean, it's fascinating if you spend some time on it. But uh, even the app is a bit confusing. Which I, it is was really, very, very disorientating. It's very confusing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I actually felt like I was getting old because I fired up Snapchat and I couldn't figure out how to use it. I still can't figure out how to watch people Snapchat. Well, I can eventually, but I press a few buttons and record myself in the process. Yeah, maybe that's part of the appeal because uh, kids' parents can't figure out how to. <laughs> 
yeah. how to use I it so they can't monitor what the kids are doing. Exactly, I like that. <laughs> anyway, first question, last question. Qualcomm is buying which chip company for $47 billion? The answer, NXP Semiconductors. Ever heard of them? No, I haven't. No, I'd heard the name before, but that's about it. And, uh, $47 billion for a They've company. probably produced the electronics for most of the hardware we're working on in any case, right? So, so Qualcomm um, has gotten rich on um, selling processors for mobile phones. Yeah. Just about every smartphone in the world nowadays has a Qualcomm processor in it. Um, so they've, they've become a huge company, and they've really taken... Um, they, they really have become the intel of the mobile world. Mm. Um, so... But the problem is that um, the smartphone industry is, we, we're, we're reached peak smartphone. And uh, so they've enjoyed strong revenue growth uh, for many years, which has now gone into reverse. Um, and they're struggling to grow. So they're buying this company. And apparently the NXP Semiconductors makes the silicon that goes into Internet of Things devices. And um, they see this as the next big growth area, wow. IoT. And, um, and so... They're placing a $47 billion bet that NSP Semiconductor is going to help them become the leading global player uh, in uh, the semiconductors that are used inside IoT devices. I'm sure it is. I'm just looking at their webpage. I mean, they do anything from uh, ARM processors, NFC readers. I mean, that's, you know, broad. definitely, broad. definitely yeah. IoT or sensors. They're a Dutch company. They were actually a spin off of Philips. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. They came out of Philips. Power over Ethernet. Yeah, that's, this yeah. is impressive. Yeah. Big company. Sensors, accelerometers. Okay, now it makes a lot more mm, sense. Yeah, it, it does indeed. Sense. Touch sensors. Anyway, uh, that's our show for this week. As always, if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. And thanks for your emails. We've been getting them. Uh, they've been coming in, in a steady stream in recent uh, months. Uh, our email address uh, is info at techcentral.co.za. If you've got any feedback on the show, if tell us what you like, what you don't like. What you'd like to hear more of, that would be fantastic. Info at techcentral.co.za. From Rechard and myself, have a good weekend. Ciao. Cheers.